Good morning, friends. It's Grainne Tyndall here. It's Numbers for Success. And this is your Numbers for Success podcast on all things soul. So, friends, today is the 20th of October 2021. And it's another one of those days that is a numerologist's dream. The 20 slash 10 slash 2021. So a lot of numbers there repeated. And obviously in numerology terms, there's always a major message. Not only are those numbers so very important for me as a numerologist, it's also the day of the full moon in the sign of Aries. Now, Aries, as we may know at this point, is the first sign in the Western zodiac and it's the beginning it's it's the alpha it's the fire it's passion it's it's literally action orientated and that's what's happening from this day on and if you look at the numbers 20 slash 10 to me this is the tipping point this is the rise of the feminine the two is always to do with the feminine in numerology one is masculine two is feminine to me, three is creation, which could be the child. Again, I look at numbers, having done this for so long, just as archetypes. It's just my own way of doing things. And it helps me to understand, I guess, when I look at a chart, a person's chart and their date of birth, their the understanding of what their soul's contract is, because that's what I do. As a numerologist for over 21 years, I help people to understand and figure out their soul's contract and why they're here and what they're here to do and the right timing to do it. So for me today, just looking at those dates, 20-10-2021, it's all the twos. The twos are the profound number, which always relates, as I said, to the divine feminine. So the divine masculine and the divine feminine. Now, as human, as a soul, there really is no masculine or feminine. It just is. But for the context of being human, of course, there is masculine and feminine. But each of us still carry both archetypes. And I wanted today, because it's something that has been, I have to use the word brewing, brewing inside of me for a few days to discuss the element of the divine feminine. And, you know, with the full moon, as we know as women and for those I have lots of men who obviously follow my work as well and as I always say friends this is not a party political broadcast and it's certainly not in any way putting down any sector or any uh, men or women or any area of life this is just always my interpretation of the soul so please please understand that this is just coming from my soul to you you can take what you want from it you know to believe any of it but it's what I believe And so back to today and what's going on with the scales of justice being still in Libra, but also as we head into Scorpion season now on the 23rd. But equally for today, it's about the masculine and the feminine, possibly being a little bit out of um, kilter because the feminine is rising. And at this point, this is just now at this moment, because today with the full moon, it's usually associated with, you know, uh, a lot of women when they have lived together in the past in community, um, they would also tend to menstruate at the, menstruate at the same time because it's the energy, it's the life force, it's the chi. And the full moon has a huge effect on all of us as human because we're primarily water. And obviously the full moon creates the energy, which is energy in motion, which is emotion. So it can have an effect on us as masculine or feminine. 
but predominantly as female, we tend to menstruate around the time of the full moon when you're in sync with the elements. So I felt a very strong pull, like the pull of that full moon, which is going to have such a passionate effect on all of us who are sensitive and who are here on the earth as we transcend through the most extraordinary times that we will ever see as human in this lifetime. And I felt that with the energy of the Divine Feminine, I wanted to sort of step back in time a little bit and sort of just discuss, you know, the role of one woman in particular who has crossed my path a few times in terms of just as a character. And it was during the Roaring Twenties, the Roaring Twenties, 100 years ago at this point, a silent movie sensation called Clara Bow became the, probably the first and greatest, I use the word sex symbol, um, in terms of the silent films. And she was loved as the it girl. And Clara, you know, was this beautiful, you know, small, petite, sensuous flapper who um, heart-shaped face, huge brown eyes. And she had flaming red hair, but it looked like it was dark uh, in the black and white movies. And she wowed them, as they said. And it was the writer F. Scott Fitzgerald, one of my greatest favourite authors, wrote, This girl was the real thing, someone to stir every pulse in the nation. And there was also said to be a movie messenger boy who put it this way. Again, I'm just quoting research I've done. I've never taken dope, but it was like a shot of dope when you looked at this girl. So, in the words of Roy Orbison, she's got it, right? So, but behind that smile, behind that sexy, sensual, uh, you know, beautiful um, girl on screen, there was an extremely sad, um, lonely and absolutely um, broken I have to say, broken young girl. She came from the depths of poverty in New York and she had a, a very strong uh, New York accent. So it was a very strong accent, which I love. But at the time, this was in the silent film. So she was able to project her facial expressions. But when the talkies came out in the late 20s, her career sort of took a nosedive because her voice, it's so it said, didn't match the character she had portrayed. And so what happened with poor Clara, she came from virtual poverty where she had no food. She had a tyrant of a stepfather and she basically had to go to work from the age of about eight, eight or nine. So she used her, her, her look, even though she had to, you know, change her looks as she went along, her physical appearance, that is, um, and use her natural intuition and skill to bring herself to the world stage and she never gave up she was insistent she went for every audition even though she couldn't really act she changed her image accordingly to get what she needed to get and she was really somebody who had such a strong work ethic bless her and when interviewed in years after she used to say you know reporters would ask her like about her life and she said she was actually lonely and they weren't going to have any of that because that ruined the whole image but the whole point of what I'm saying here is that She's an example of um, someone who, you know, encompassed the it, whatever the it is. But the it is being in touch with your divine femininity, your 
essential self, not essential, you're essential. So for me, your essential self is that part of you that is your true essence. It's how you uh, navigate this extraordinary time and place. And even if you're listening to this as a male, this still will apply in some level because we are a combination of both masculine and feminine. And But ultimately, I suppose I am talking primarily to the audience who would be predominantly um, of the Divine Feminine. And ultimately, it's about connecting in with who you are. It's about being your true authentic self. And it's said that when the soul is weary, you know, we sometimes forget why we're actually here. And that's probably a lot of my work is to help people to remember why you're here. And the essential, the essential self is um, the senses. So the sight, sound, smell, touch and taste, incorporating those on a daily basis for yourself and then really tapping into the soul's contract. And sometimes, um, you know, a lot of the shame and body image and also the shame of the intuitiveness and the divine essence of being a woman has been passed down through family lines. Now, in the work I do, I would work a lot with people to help them to heal their past in terms of their generational peace or their ancestral line. And in the work I've done, and obviously in the work and in the role as a woman that I am and as a mother and as a friend and so forth, a sister, a daughter, all of those things, I obviously have worked through my own um, sense of who I am and continue to do so until the day I take my last breath. And the point is that a lot of what women carry in terms of shame and it's a word I feel has a massive connotation it's a word that I am so aware of not using in a negative way you know I remember once seeing bless her a young mother she was shouting at her little child saying you should be ashamed of yourself and it brought up everything in me about the word shame and shame and I feel in in an Irish context of where I live, there is a very much a shame piece that has been passed down for hundreds of generations through our um, historical context in terms of his, history, where as a country, um, as a race, we have been predominantly dominated by other countries who invaded us from the British to the Vikings to the Normans to the to the various different, um, you know, uh, armies and and nations who have tried to dominate us. And yet, as a spirit of Ireland, we still keep rising up to the point that we're one of the greatest places in the world to live in. And, but as women within that context, I feel it's very important to address it. And I feel even in 21st century world going through this crisis which is also a cry of the soul crisis comes from the word kriya which is a Sanskrit word for cry of the soul we continue to go through this imbalance between the male and the female roles and I have three daughters 
who I'm extremely proud of, who are strong, beautiful, intelligent, feisty, forward-thinking, independent women. And I believe that myself and my and their father, we rare them to be that. And that's part of their soul's contract. And also, it's so important just to recognise them as young women in their 20s now and their forward life and how they're moving forward and how important it is as a parent to be able to support all of our children, of course. But as I say, in this context, it's about the women. And when we think of the word shame, shame can come in so many different disguises. And certainly here in Ireland, and I know around the world, but I'll just speak of what I know of, there was a great shame around sexuality, around sensuality, about being the woman. And I feel that we as women have carried this through generations. And I know in my own family, my own family line, I would have had very strong women ancestors. My grandmother was a very strong woman who ran a a home which where people would come and learn Irish to learn to speak the Irish language and she ran a very successful business and then I have lots of aunts including my own mother who would have been strong formidable women who broke broke the um, the usual thing as in they all went to university uh, in the 30s in Ireland which was unheard of and so there were forward-thinking women they all went to have careers and um, were very successful in their own right. However, when it came to their roles as women in the home and when they got married, as a lot of women at the time, they had to literally park their careers to become a wife and a mother or a caregiver for their parents. So, and, and with that, I feel there was also and not just with my own family, but also generally with women of 100 years, we say, would have had to very much, certainly here in good old Catholic Ireland, have had to um, always be aware that they basically gave up all their rights when they got married in all ways. They had to be consensual to their husbands. They had to be consensual to um, society. They had to basically abide by the rules, which, you know, must have been very challenging for people, for women who were full of life, were full of ideas, were full of, you know, adventure. And this is not just my family, I'm talking all families. Even could be your mother, could be your grandmother, could be your great-grandmother. And here we are in 21st century, a world where we're still, still experiencing the divide. And this is the tipping point, friends. Today is the tipping point of where women, the divine energy, we must rise. In the words of Maya Angelou, and still I rise. We must rise. We We must come into our own divinity, our strength, the shame that we have carried as women for generations. It has to stop. It has to be healed. And that's what we must ask for today, friends. Please, I implore you, wherever you are in the world, even if this doesn't apply to you in some level, if you have one of the few who had the opportunity to be equal, 
and be treated as an equal in this time. This is such an important time, dear friend, to rise up and to recognize that using our intuition, using our compassion, using our ability to see both points of view. That's what the two is about. And it's amplified with the zero. Being able to work with men, not against men or the divine masculine. Absolutely not. It's meant to be, it's a union. It's a union of souls. It's the divine union. That's what we need, friends, right now, this moment, whenever you listen to this. So you might say, well, well, what do I do? I, uh, how do I do that? You start by taking full responsibility for your life. Find your bliss. In the words of Joseph Campbell, who wrote The Hero's Journey and also The Heroine's Journey, it's about finding your bliss, which doesn't necessarily just mean your career. It means finding what gives you joy, even in the middle of a pandemic, which we are still going through. Find your bliss. And it's usually something that doesn't involve someone else. It usually involves just giving yourself time and space. For me, it's walking in nature going into a dusty bookshop and smelling the, the, the leather-bound books and feeling the Christmas of, Christmas of the paper. Just that gives me joy. That's just me. Maybe it's listening to the a song that makes you want to dance. It's always the simple things. It's finding your bliss. So it's time to rise, dear friends. It's time to come into your sisterhood, your, your womanhood, your divinity, Shine your light. Be the light in the world. Be the one who can, although we are going through a time of polarity and of divide, come back to yourself, to the essential, the essential self. Put nice creams on your body. You know, um, have a nice bath. Embrace your ability to be able to speak up in a way that's heard, in a way that's loving. Learn to receive as, you know, instead of just giving all the time, be able to stand back and learn to receive. Become the true divinity of who you really are. And let's come together in love, not in war, but in love, in unity, in peace. And, you know, it's so vitally important that we recognize our own divinity and not expect all their people to always be the ones to give us that acknowledgement come back to self and I would suggest that if you know another way of raising your vibration is listen to music and one of my favorite songs I have many favorite songs but one of the songs that I love is um, you know it's called Flawless by George Michael one of my major heroes in life uh, for his music and uh, Flawless you're absolutely flawless and you are and whilst we have done things in our past and we've said things and we've carried stuff that no longer serves us in the words of um, uh, Oscar Wilde he wrote women are here to be loved but maybe not understood I like that and maybe you find the understanding within yourself today dear friends and remember by finding your bliss you're bringing more bliss to the world. So shine your light. Be proud of being a woman. And let's come together in union to help this world to evolve and come 
back to love. And so it is.